clinical disclaimer. This podcast is focused on education and entertainment. While we love to help and teach, it is not meant to be used as a replacement for clinical services. If you are experiencing significant relationship issues or major concerns in your sexual, physical, or mental health, please seek the services of a professional provider near you. Welcome to the University of Pleasure, where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation. I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist. And I'm Jeremiah James, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex. Welcome to season two, Doc. Are you feeling jazzed? (laughs) I'm feeling so jazzed. I can tell. (laughs) I can tell, I can feel your jazziness right now. I can feel that you're over the top. We have so many things to talk about in this new season. We have so much new technology. We have new people to interview. It's gonna be so great. Don't you feel it? I feel it, I feel it. Welcome back, folks, to season two of the University of Pleasure. Doc, we made it to season two. I feel we made great. it. We I mean, barely, barely, right? but we made it. You know, I just have to say, I'm very proud of us. You know, yeah. we were doing these all in person, folks listening out there, millions of fans. And then we were slapped with the global pandemic, which has knocked us all on our butts. And uh, the doc and I were still able to keep it through the glories of technology, yeah. talking from thousands of miles away so we could continue to bring you the University of Pleasure. So kudos to you, Doc. And kudos to you. Thank you. I, I know thought... that was really hard for you to give me a kudos, but I will take it even though it felt disingenuous. <laughs> but I'm really it excited. Very what, genuine. what was that? Are we going to start season two off like this already? <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about consistency. We should start kinder. Let's start kinder. Okay. We all... We also have a guest today, so we should be on better behavior, Jeremiah. That's true. We do. We have so many new features that are coming to the University of Pleasure this year. I'm so excited. New technology is on its way. We're going to utilize different platforms. We're going to bring in new people to interview, talking about all kinds of different aspects that we didn't touch on in season one. And of course, bringing back our correspondent, by popular demand, Gregory Walzak, ladies and gentlemen. Let's give him a round of applause. Woo! Excellent. Woo! That Woo! applause was amazing. Welcome back to the University of Pleasure, Greg. Are you ready for season two? Oh, I have been ready for season two. Sitting on pins and needles, waiting for this introduction to more information. Thank you, Greg. And thank you for coming back to the University of Pleasure, where you get paid so handsomely to do what you do. <laughs> yeah. Paychecks in the mail. It might be a little late arriving. It's coming. It's coming, though. It's coming. Most everything is just now due to the fact that USPS seems to be at a halt. So that's true. Too. <laughs> so we take that as the reasoning as to why your check has not arrived. But welcome back. We're excited to have you here. Truly by popular demand. You may not know this. But one of our top-rated episodes was having you on to do your review of the 
fabulous book. Should we give him a remembrance episode here, Doc? Sure. Well, that was a cue for you to then give the remembrance. Episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm a little out of practice. <laughs> like, do I? Is this where I where I tell you what I did or no? Yeah, I mean, I you can think, tell us. I would think Greg would tell them. Uh, the the review of Fifty Shades of Blah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and that's that's all that's all she wrote. That's right? all she that's wrote, folks. That's all you need to know about the review right there. Exactly. 100% truth. And he's prepping his next review. He's in the middle of it, folks. So be ready because this next review is going to be <laughs> epic. The, la- the first one was like touching your toe in the water of the pool. You know what I mean? It was like, mm, is it going to be chilly? This one is going to be, ooh, diving in the deep end. Super chilly cold water. Get ready. <laughs> I am very excited about this, though. I have, I've started, um, I'm about halfway through um, my homework assignment. And it is very different from the the first book uh that i have read so you said that um, so begrudgingly you were like that (laughs) book (laughs) well yes i i mean because that's how much if you don't remember how much i hated it so um so yeah so this is a a nice change of pace well (laughs) we're excited to have greg here joining us for our first topic of season two doc why don't you read the topic? Because it's season two. Let's change it up a little bit. Let's give it a little bit of flair. Okay, great. You know I'm excellent at flair. Yes, so. it's your specialty. <laughs> uh, so today's topic is sex is absurd. Why serious doesn't always equal sexy. Wholeheartedly agree. Well done. Mm-hmm. That was so full of was flair it- that it like electrified me thousands of miles away. Thank you. Do you do you want to do the title in your you know shock rock DJ voice there, Jeremiah? <laughs> you said that with a little bit of a twinge of of like a poke and like a dig. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I thought you did a great job because we're starting the season off kinder, right? We are. And I thought kinder. you read that really really well. So thank you thank for that, you. Doc. But I'm I don't think do it anyway. I, I don't think that any. It. I don't think that any listener wants us to be kinder to each other. I don't <laughs> think it will be nearly as entertaining. <laughs> All right. So in that fact, it was terrible. I'm going to start. Let me do my shock jock voice. <laughs> sex is absurd. Serious doesn't always equal sexy. How was that? I don't know, Greg. Um, I mean, I wasn't feeling it really. Jesus. Okay, I don't think Greg should be on the opening episode anymore. Well, I, no, it just—it sounded like it wasn't like you're. It just sound, sounded kind of grovelly to me. Not like, like I wasn't feeling it from you. Like I, I don't know if you believe that that uh, this topic. Okay, I just want you all to understand the process here. <clears throat> okay, I was breathing in the color blue because that's how it made me feel. And in the interior of my Ugh. process, getting to where I needed to do the right voice, that's not just something that just happens. It's organic, and you clearly don't understand it. So anyway, I think we should start the topic now. That's a, that's a lot of theater camp in a very short period of time. <laughs> you know, 
I, I feel like, Jeremiah, you approach the intro too humbly, as you so often do. It's true. It's true. I really enjoy having Greg here. This isn't going to be a regular thing. I think it should. I really am. I'm gunning for it, Greg. I really am. Okay. I mean, I still have some free time. I mean, I have started a real paying job, but, you know, I can always make time for this. I don't understand what you're saying. Right. This isn't Thank a real you. paid job. I don't understand what you're getting at. Just, now it's awkward. <laughs> well, let's get this sex is absurd topic going. I'm ready. I feel we're back in the saddle. I feel that it's a little unbalanced and that I'm being um, made fun of and um, my feelings aren't being heard. So I will let the doc start. What are we talking about? Sex is absurd. Well, I mean, the title sort of says it all. Like, if, if that was my thesis statement, it would just be that. Sex is absurd. It is. Right? I and wholeheartedly agree. And, right. And everything else that we talk about today is really just surrounding that idea. Sex is absurd. It is absolutely absurd. And um, so I think we can go a little bit more into, like, why and why maybe that's even a helpful idea to take on and to actually start to integrate. But in certain ways, if I may, this is a little bit actually to of a callback to our very first episode about sexual failure. Totally right? agree. But 100 percent. As as this is a university of pleasure. Right. Like that was the 101. This is like the 201. Right. Like we're digging in. We're getting more advanced. Agreed. So. Agreed. And I, I think that sex really is absurd because when you think about it, it's like in the idea we've talked about this in many other episodes, like people get this idea in their head about sex. And then you see something like, you know, like, for instance, the book Greg reviewed, which then became a movie. And like we talk about it all the time, like I've said it before, like the lights go down and everything's like perfect angles. And then everybody uses their sexy voice like, yeah, and then positions change like in a sexual experience. And there's never somebody like, oh, uh. I got a cramp or, oh, I, you know, no, sex is absurd. It's absurd. It's totally goofy. Right. And I think we need to embrace that. Is that what we're getting at today, yeah. Doc? Did I just cure everything yeah. in one fail swoop Absolutely. in season two? Epi 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 episode done. As done. always, Jeremiah, in your intro <laughs> statement, you have done it all. Pish posh. So. <laughs> bing, bang, boom. Done, done. You are welcome. <laughs> If it is okay with you, Jeremiah, perhaps we, we can go more into the nuance. I'll let idea. you belabor on. Continue. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, it's a podcast. The whole point is to sort of belabor on about a topic. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a pretty lame podcast. It was like, and in minute number 10. Thank you, everybody. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah. So uh, since we're here and since the venue is available to us to belabor on there and maybe is. get a little more nuanced, right? Why is this idea that sex is absurd? Like, why is that important? And actually how like just really like maybe embracing that and actually sort of integrating that belief, how can that be helpful? Well, as always, right? Like one of the first things is that I think that usually understanding why something is important is essential to actually maybe changing your beliefs about something. So if I may, as always, I'd like to talk about, about that for a little bit first. You may. Like why? Why do we care? Okay. So you know, I talk a lot with people about things that they perceive as sexual problems, right? Like concerns, uh, sexual issues that people have. And in my opinion, right? And again, it's just an opinion. It's a professional opinion. But in my opinion, a lot of times the major part of the problem is that people are taking this shit way too seriously, right? hundred percent. part, yeah, they're taking it way too seriously. And, you know, that's that's a really 
you know, that's like a really simple thing to say to be like, ah, people are taking this shit way too seriously. But it's sort of like, why? Why do people take this shit way too seriously? And I think part of that is because of kind of what you were indicating, Jeremiah, right? Like this idea that in media, pornography, right? Like we've sort of created these distorted belief systems about what being quote unquote good at sex means, right? Or what a good successful sexual encounter should look like, right? And in many ways, those are sexual encounters that are, they're usually like very serious and very flawless, right? Like there's no one kicking someone in the face. There's no one being like, oh my God, I have to go to the bathroom or like embarrassing things that occur. And you know, even though we all maybe like consciously are like, oh yeah, the media's bullshit, right? Like it's such bullshit. Like that's not real. It doesn't mean we still haven't integrated those ideas, right? Got it. Because you can you can think two different things at the same time, right? Like you can intellectually be like, yeah, it's all bullshit, and then still internally have a belief that like, mm, but my sex doesn't look like that, so it's probably something's wrong or it's not going okay. Right. And so as a result, people take it super seriously. And because they take it super seriously, things start to go awry. Right. And, you know, because silly things happen, absurd things happen. Ridiculous. This is what we've talked about before, though. And I'm sorry to interrupt, but, you know, that's the fun part of it. Like, it's supposed to be fun. Like, I don't I don't I mean, this is just me. And this is my completely professional opinion um, that, you know, you want to have a good time. If everything was so serious, like I don't enjoy super serious things all the time. And part of the reason I love sex is because it's kind of goofy and ridiculous at times. And it's fun. It's fun to be able to interact in this way. And yeah, we understand you got to be vulnerable and all these different things. We've talked about all these things, but you know, sex is kind of goofy. It's, it's absurd. Like we're saying in this topic and that's fun. Isn't absurd fun? Isn't that like why we go see comedy shows? Because it's absurd. Like if you went to a comedy show and they were like, let's talk about things. It was all monotone and people were uninteresting. And, you know, wouldn't that be just not as fun as the absurd aspect of it? What do you think of that, Doc? Right. Right. Well, yeah, go for it, Greg. I see you. I see you trying to jump in. With Jeremiah, it's often like a double dutch. You just got (laughs) to. One one I have noticed is that, um, yes, I, I, am not used to the, um, interruption pattern. Like I just won't do that, but, um, but I guess what I'm kind of curious about is, you know, going back to like whole dating scene scenarios and whatever people are asked, like, Hey, what are like qualities that you look for? And sense of humor comes up so many times. So if you want someone that has a sense of humor, why not like why not either know that it's going to extend to the bedroom or why not want someone that still has that sense of humor to also extend it to the bedroom because that's one of the qualities that you like about them when they're fully clothed. What right. do you think of that, doc? And that, I think that that's an excellent point, right? And it's really important because what you're saying is like highly logical, right? Like, oh, I love I love funny people. You're exactly right. People be like, oh, I want someone with a really good sense of humor that can have a laugh. But what's really, really interesting is that humor often has no place in sex. And again, this is not everybody, but I I can think very distinctly, actually, of somebody that I know quite well who has, (laughs) she's hilarious. She's really funny. And she's somebody that just likes to have a lot of fun. And she's had multiple occasions in which she's been being sexual with somebody. And they've been like, this is serious. Right. Like she's gotten scolded before on multiple occasions. And I've had many clients talk about things like that, like people actually making comments of like, hey, 
Like, why are you laughing? And I think it's because of sort of this messaging that I was describing, the vulnerability of it. We have compartmentalized sex into this different category of something that is supposed to be something else. But the problem is, is that's complete crap. But just because we know it's crap doesn't mean we also don't have like some fears based on all the stuff that we've seen in media. And then also like, when you think about the way that sex has been portrayed socially, right? Like often it's a very serious topic, right? Like, are we teaching it in school? Are we not? What are we teaching? People are in trouble. Do this. Don't do that. You know what I mean? Like it's often not approached socially with a lot of sort of humor and ease. It's been a tense, it's historically been a very tense cultural topic. And I think all of that stuff, right, and probably many other variables have made it sort of compartmentalized into this very like different thing that sort of like people feel like they can absolutely be like, God, I love someone with a sense of humor and then have a partner with that same sense of humor that makes a light joke during a sexual encounter. And suddenly they're like, why are you joking? This is sex. <laughs> right. You know, like now, let me ask you. So, can you give everybody. some examples, Doc? You know, can we talk about like something like that? Because that's that's that, that's an important thing. Because look, there are things that can be a little. You know, it's, it's a very vulnerable place, like we've always talked about here at the University of Pleasure. And you know, so if you're getting in the room, like maybe could you give us some ideas about like jokes that are appropriate? Like, because look, if like you know, <laughs> being a man, like you know, if I uh, I pulled out my my stuff and somebody was like. <laughs> You know, I might be a little insecure about that moment. Now, I'm not saying that would ever happen to me. I'm just saying that as an example, in quotes. But you know what I mean? Like if something like that. But like, you know, if it's something different, like, you know, hey, that position, somebody fell off the bed because they were trying to do a different position and you slid. Like that's something that just should be universally acceptable as funny. So you know what I'm saying here? You know what I'm getting at? I do know what you're getting at. But this is sort of that. (laughs) This is where we always... Uh, maybe uh, have a have a have a moment of not I wouldn't call it conflict, just sort of like, well, <laughs> what you're describing would would require everyone to have the same attitudes about what is and isn't funny, right? And that's not possible. It really depends on, like you're saying, like what would be acceptable jokes? Well, that entirely depends on the person that you're in the room with, right? Well, how do we like, navigate you know, we that, whole, that though? How do we navigate well, it? Yeah, well, we did that whole episode, right, on, like, baggage, right? Like, so we all have our own personal insecurities, and we all have these own things and our own experiences that might make something more whoa, whoa, funny. Whoa, whoa. Or... I don't know. I kind of feel like you're pointing at me like I was saying I was insecure if I took my pants off. I'm not insecure about that at <laughs> all. I'm just using it as an example of something that might Greg, make somebody Greg, what, uncomfortable. What, what What is your take, Greg, as we're chatting through this? Um, yeah, he's never been embarrassed to take his pants off. <laughs> Oh, that was—is that not the point I was supposed to comment on? No, Greg, that is the point I wanted you to comment on. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. He—he—he he, he is a real-life Mowgli from the Jungle Book. If he could be naked all the time, he probably would be. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> yeah, but no, I—I I, I mean, I, a little more seriously. Um, like I get it. Like every situation is different. Um, but, and I know that. Um, that like when you're in a situation, you kind of have to, you know, use your judgment and stuff. But like, let's say someone does kind of feel the um, like they feel like they're the brunt of the joke rather than part, of, right. you know, like laughing with um, uh, uh, with everyone else. Like, like, 
how do you manage something like that? I mean, that? yeah, it's and it's a good question, right? I know I'm giving you shit, Jeremiah, but it's a good question. And like the that is something, you know, we talk so much about like communication and stuff like that and sexual communication. So as always, I'll make it much more complicated than it needs to be, right? But like what you two are asking about is like in a one-on-one -on -one interaction, like how do you navigate like someone's feelings being hurt or somebody taking something too seriously, right? And that probably always comes down to, you know, a couple or a throuple or whoever, right? Like however many people are involved, right? Maybe you're having an orgy and several people get their feelings hurt, you know, I don't know. But like if, you know, if you're having some kind of sexual event and somebody says something that's like, one person perceives as humorous or one person is trying to be lighthearted and the other isn't, I think that comes back to this idea of like, well, then there just needs to be dialogue, right? Rather than being like, well, that was uncomfortable, moving on. And then everyone just like persists in their lives and no one goes back and addresses that. Well, that's, that's probably going to be problematic. And it's going to make people more anxious and more nervous for that next sexual encounter about messing something up or quote unquote, doing something wrong. And part of good sex is that sense of ease. But I'm probably also talking more about like more of like sort of a global attitude, right? Like if I like had a magic wand and could like gift people with something, right? It would like be the gift of like sex is absolutely absurd. Integrate that belief, lean into it. And if you can learn how to be like, this is ridiculous and I'm going to try to have a good time and maybe sometimes it'll be serious and sometimes it'll be hilarious. That's also maybe like if that that would be like my greater cultural global goal. Does that make any sense? A hundred percent. I mean, I believe sense. that would be nomination for like a Nobel Peace Prize. If <laughs> yeah. One that did that. Yeah. I mean, it's really like, you know, probably a, a pretty lofty goal, but it is something, right? Like if I have a couple and they're sitting in front of me and they're talking about a t bunch of tense sexual interactions, we're doing two things. Usually I'm going to be doing a couple different things or a few different things with them, but we're going to be having, you know, trying to increase communication and finding ways to problem solve those hiccups when they come up. But I'm also trying to help them integrate this idea, this idea that you might be taking this way too seriously. Sex is messy. It's absurd. It's silly. It's goofy. Ridiculous things are going to happen. And the more you can like kind of try to divorce yourself from this idea that in order for sex to be like good and fun and hot, it needs to be serious, the more fun and enjoyment and pleasure you're probably going to be able to have because to have a laugh. To have joy, all of that stuff requires vulnerability in the same way that a really, you know, emotionally intimate, maybe more serious moment requires vulnerability. It all requires vulnerability. I mean, I, I just have to say this because, you know, I think about like the way that the media in certain ways or like pornography or just culturally we sort of perpetuate these beliefs about like for something to be sexy, it needs to be serious. One of the best pieces of pornography I have ever seen, and I say best in a sort of loaded way was this video of two very stereotypically beautiful men being sexual in a ring of fire. Yes. Right? <laughs> in a, they were oiled up. It was a ring of fire, very intense eye contact, very athletic sex, you know, and like everyone was, was very spelt and there was no, and it was like, it, it wasn't like made as like a joke. It was absolutely like, Hot sex in a ring of fire. It was the most serious piece of pornography I think I've ever seen. And in so, that way. Uh, most importantly, do you still have the link for that? 
I, you know, I don't know, but I bet if you just type in two men fire sex, you will come up with a lot of really interesting. I mean, oh, and, sure and I, I know Greg is asking this purely for research purposes. This is because well, this is a university. He's making it sound like the Eurovision of <laughs> porn. And, uh, 100%. And if, if there is a Eurovision of porn that I am not aware of, then I, again, I'm at the university to learn. And so this is a big takeaway for me. Yeah, Excellent. I want I really actually now desperately want there to be a Eurovision of porn. And I do feel like Germany would Germany would win every year. They would win every <laughs> like, year. A hundred percent. A hundred percent would win every year. Guaranteed. Now, I, I have a question, though. Um, so based on what you were just saying, is this like. Like, should there be an absurdity safe word that you have during sex? Like, is it <laughs> like if someone feels like, hey, you know, like we're having sex and all of a sudden I feel bad or my partner feels bad. And it's like Groucho Marx. Oh, shit. OK, I've crossed the line, <laughs> you know, like like like, OK, we got to bring it back or we pause, have a conversation and continue on. Or do you make a mental note and then hey, you know, having some breakfast the next day and be like, hey, just want to kind of bring this up, you know? Yeah, I, I think that like it, it, you know, obviously is really dependent on the couple. But interestingly, like I've had couples actually where like if they're taking things too seriously or it's clear they're getting in their heads, they might have like, I don't know if I call it like a safe word, but sort of like a cue, like phrase or word, like it might just be like pause, you know, like, like right. let's just pause. Mine right? was always peanut I, you know, butter. I, peanut butter was the go-to. <laughs> A, yeah. because of my love for peanut butter. Two, yeah, like, because it's just one of those things, like, if you say it, it's so out of context. It was like, oh, peanut butter? Like, in the middle of all this fun we're having? I got it. Got it. Very clear. <laughs> but with peanut butter, like, you think about it, like, if you're eating it, you have to eat it slowly because you can't, you know, so it, it, yes, it by nature makes you the peanut butter because of the way that you that you have to eat it. That's right. That was very meta, Greg. That was big time. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll be here all episode. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, the doc is going to answer Greg's question. We're going to talk a little bit more about absurdities and how silly and crazy and goofy sex can be. The doc is going to show us the way when we come back. And we are back with the topic, sex is absurd. The doc is going to answer Greg's latest question. And then, like I said before, show us the light, doc. Here we go. <laughs> Take it away. What, so I'm presuming, was it the question about when people are having a hard time? Like, should they just use like keywords? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Safe words? Yeah. Okay. Come on, weren't you just paying attention? Know, as a reference Weren't you point? taking notes this whole time? <laughs> Huh? I said, weren't you taking notes? I'm just trying to track, you know, like, I'm just trying to track. <laughs> to do everything. We've added new energy, you know, just adjusting. I'm adjusting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no, I, yeah, like, I think I, I, as I was saying earlier, right, like, 
you know, sometimes like I have had couples, right, that where we've like come up with certain like maybe cues or things that they might do to like pause if they're getting like really in their heads during a sexual event or in sexual encounter. I mean, in general, and I know that I've said it on podcasts previously, right, is, you know, if you need to have a longer dialogue about sex, I recommend waiting until you're not in a sexual encounter, right? Like have that on a walk. Yeah, we've we've had that. We've talked about that many times. Like that is like, you know, don't do it in the moment. You know, if you got to pause, like we say at the University of Pleasure, communication is key. Right. From season one, all of Mm. our listeners out there. Right, Doc? (laughs) Right. Uh, We might need to come up with a new like phrase for that just to keep it fresh. Okay, I will think you work on it, Jeremiah. I will start workshopping things in my mind. Yeah, you workshop that. But, you know, really, I think that there's, you know, I think that there are these maybe simple moments, like to your question, Greg, like, I think that there are these like maybe simpler moments, right, where people are being sexual and something's like not going the right way, where everyone just might have to like, be like, okay, pause and like giggle, like, let's like, try to get our heads on straight again, right, or whatever on straight again, who knows, (laughs) right. And, um, and, but then there are maybe like, maybe someone is, really having a harder time in one direction or another. And maybe, you know, you might have to come to it at breakfast or on a walk and be like, so I'm having a hard time because it seems like you're taking this really seriously when we're being sexual. Like, I don't feel like there's any room for playfulness or for fun or things like that. And so, you know, it probably really depends on like how how big of an event it is, but for things that feel a little bigger and like, basically, is it going to take more than like a moment to sort of like recalibrate then I take that outside of the bedroom and have a longer dialogue. All so right. There we go. Asked but, and I... answered. Cured. Thank you, Doc. <laughs> but I do, I have a I have a little bit about sex is absurd. So I actually sent a text out to a number of people I know last night just asking why they think sex is absurd. Oh. And I wanted to read some of their responses. Ooh, I like this idea. Let's go. <laughs> Hold on. I have to find it. I'm so popular. I need to like go through my phone and... <laughs> Just I've got to trail through. I've got to go through all of excuse, my text messages. Excuse me. And excuse me. I have to go through the text from my mom and my sister. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Just to get to all those friend texts. Here we go. Um, so your mom didn't answer the question. Ooh, 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 did you actually ask your mom? That would be amazing. <laughs> you know, I should have. I didn't. Although her response probably would have been like, "Why are you asking me this?" And then an emoji. So. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Is your mom an emoji girl? Did she do some emojis like that? Oh, my mom will bust out many emojis. I don't know what a lot of them even mean. Sometimes I'm not very good with an emoji. I'm still on the like colon with a parenthesis for a smile. <laughs> uh, nice talk. Uh-huh. Nice. I know it's Come sad. On. Come on, get into modern times. Yeah, you know who loves an emoji? Jeremiah James. You no, know I do. I could have full conversations with emoji. I speak fluent emoji. I barely speak English, but I speak fluent emoji and GIF. 100%. I don't know. I mean, Greg, you have known Jeremiah a long time. Have you ever known anybody that uses the strong arm, the strong arm symbol, like the <laughs> more than Jeremiah James? Well, and and the strong arm symbol really came into play after the loss of just writing boom after <laughs> everything. That's and right. It was like boom. boom. So that became too long because that's four characters with possibly a couple exclamation points. So now we just throw in the one strong arm emoji and it says, you know, pictures worth a thousand words, right? right? It's boom. It's a flex. It's like boom. That's right. Yeah. You can't all see me doing my flex, but it's boom. Oh. 
All right. Moving on. Do we want to hear these responses? Yes, yes please. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm, we could keep talking about Jeremiah's texting lexicon, but maybe it's amazing. We'll... I should start a whole we'll university of pleasure emoticon slash GIF conversation class. Can we make a yeah, spinoff? We're not, no, we're not going to do that. Let's, okay. No. <laughs> what was that? We missed Greg. What'd you say, Greg? It, it's an elective. It's not a required. Yeah. <laughs> It's an elective that will not be featured on the website. All right, fine. <laughs> it's a personally DM Jeremiah James. <laughs> yes, sweet. That's what it's for. Uh, okay, so here, this is one of my favorite ones that someone <laughs> sent me, which is why is sex? So my question was like, why, what? give me some reasons sex are absurd. And one of the ones that somebody sent me was people are frequently shouting at each other face to face but like in enjoyment and yes. i was like yeah like there's not a lot of but like not in anger you're just like ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> but but that is a valid point yeah, yeah. it is absurd just like but but in the same respect, though, I, I feel like it's kind of like watching a sporting event. Yeah. You know, the more excited you are, the louder you cheer, which means that everything is good. So I would think someone shouting in my face means that I'm doing a good job. Yeah. I mean, well I'm I think I do. I think it's excellent. like that's part of why it's great. The absurdity yeah. of this is great, right? It's an expression of joy and fun and pleasure, but it's also super absurd when you think about it. <laughs> People just shouting in pleasure so close, so close to one another's faces. Um, the other, I, I liked this one. This was just like a text and it was sort of done in like, um, just like fragments. Your body parts change size in shape and shoot fluids, then you become warm in your heart. <laughs> huh. Oh, it's so, so good. do that again. Your body parts yeah. change size and shape and shoot fluids, dot, 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 then you become warm in your heart. <laughs> that, that, that's, that should be a t-shirt. Like that right there says everything you need to know about sex and how absurd it is. <laughs> Please tell your friend thank you for that because that truly made my week. Yeah. That, that's I was gonna say, that is a good one. I, I I have to agree. Although sometimes I question whether or not people always feel warm in their heart afterwards. That is true. That is true. Some people may not feel the warmth that perhaps others do. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, that's that is very true. And that's very fair. I think I think some people do feel warm in their heart, but it is funny that like yeah, like your body does a bunch of weird stuff in which it's like losing control of itself. And then you're like, I feel so warm. <laughs> <laughs> it's really silly when you think about it. Um, I'm going to, by the I, way, I, I'm pulling that from this episode and I'm going to loop it and turn it into your ringtone. Just mean, I feel so warm. I'm like, oh, the doc is calling. I feel so warm. <laughs> oh, please don't. Uh <laughs> Uh, what was one of the other ones that people, oh, just someone texted me, when do you just get to bite somebody else? <laughs> I was like, fair. Right. All fair with point. permission, though, folks. Okay. And that's, you fair know, point. that's something that, right. you and know, so, comes with consent and discussion yes, with your partner. Yes. Thank you, Jeremiah. 
well done. Thank you. I agree. Um, one of the other ones that somebody just wrote is bodies are slapping together like sumo wrestlers. A lot of people sent that it's wrestling. There was a lot of wrestling references. I love wrestling. So we all understand my love of sex. It all comes back to wrestling for me. Right, Doc? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's your eroticism. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, unfortunately, I can't get this image of Jeremiah going up to the top rope and jumping off on something, <laughs> right? Where I'm like, because like, I know the wrestling that he likes and I'm like, huh. I'm like, is that how that works? Dropping the people's like, elbow at the same time right? of getting yeah. it on. Like, like, do you pile drive people? Like, is that what's happening? Listen, it's possible. <laughs> Anything's possible. And that's the shows you the absurdity of sex. You're welcome, world. Right. And we could keep going, but I know we have another segment we have to do. So I'm just going to stop on this last one because I do think it is very, it, someone just texted this and I think it's very like representational of why sex is absurd. They just texted butt stuff. Butt stuff. <laughs> <laughs> butt stuff. Yes. And I was like, yeah. yeah, it includes all sorts of body parts and butt stuff. Butt and stuff. yeah, all of it is amazing, wonderful, beautiful and absurd at the exact same time. And so. <laughs> yeah. So true. I mean, do you two have any you would add why sex is absurd? I mean, I, I think those all put it out there so well, Doc. I don't even know that I could come up with something witty and hilarious, especially as much as like things like sumo wrestling, butt stuff. I mean, they're kind of perfect. <laughs> I, like... <laughs> <laughs> I love that the person that we've hired to be the host is saying, I don't know if I can come up with anything witty and hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I just like to be real to our listeners. Our millions of fans out there, they like that I'm being genuine. I know my limitations. And I'm proud of the fact that I'm humble enough to be able to tell people that we, I have I have my limits. I just am not like this <laughs> Superman that can just pull anything out of the sky. You know what I'm saying, Doc? Yep. Yep. Uh, by the way, I, I just took a shot because he said the word humble. <laughs> the season yeah. is just I think it's begun. a new season. It's a new season two game I think we're going to play when Jeremiah makes an expression of how humble he is. That's yes. Right. Right. Everyone drinks. Yeah. Well, being as humble as I am, I think we should move on to our final segment. So when we come back. One second. Can I? Can I? Can I just do like my? I really thought we had passed this, where you were going to interrupt me when I'm trying to segue. Well, we we got it. We got to lay the the knowledge bomb to button. Yeah, it. we have to close the topic up. Yeah. You know? I thought like, we just we did. Like... I couldn't come up with anything more witty than that. Isn't that isn't that a way to close it out? Oh, so no. so butt stuff is the button that we were looking for. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, that's not. Oh, that, no? yeah. All right. <laughs> no. <laughs> So if I may, Jeremiah, just to close, just to, you know, tie up a few loose ends, Please right? Talk. Yes. Because I know that we, so we keep talking about this idea that like sex is absurd, right? And I'm saying like part of what you need maybe to think about doing in order to have better sex is not just like 
fixing maybe individual problems or things, but it's also like we talk a lot about changing philosophies, right? Is trying to practice this as a philosophy. And and I say that because, you know, in, in therapy, um, people are often coming to me and they like want tips, they want skills, they want like, how do I, you know, how like what are the different ways to do oral and what are the different ways like to finger someone or to like give a hand job or like engage in anal or whatever it might be. And I'm not saying that those tips aren't useful. They're important. They're helpful. But honestly, those tips will only take you so far. Skills that are behavioral only take you so far. Being able to start to change what you think is usually much more of the battle, right? Like you can be, I just had a dialogue not that long ago with somebody who is being sexual with someone for the first time and they like really pride themselves on being amazing at oral, but this person wasn't coming the way that they normally do and they got super in their head about it. And, you know, part of that is because like we do take it really seriously. And when you can start to create more mental flexibility in this idea that like sex is absurd, it's silly, there's going to be failures, there's going to be guffaws, there's going to be all sorts of these things that is going to help. But the reality is, is I can say sex is absurd to somebody but we have been infiltrated with a lot of different belief systems about that it's supposed to be serious or it's a serious topic. So what I am asking like, and suggesting is not a simple thing to do. It takes practice. And if you're in a partnership, it takes practice together. You both have to be working on that together because if you got one person that's like, sex is silly and absurd and we can have fun and you got another person being like, no, it's serious and we need to take it seriously, that's gonna create conflict. And so it's really just more a call to like sort of this idea that like what I am saying is hard and it requires patience and it also requires a lot of practice and then hopefully communication if you're in a partnership or even just, you know, a casual encounter with someone about like setting up a stage to let it be okay to fail, to let it be okay for it to look silly and awkward and absurd because you're going to have a hell of a lot more fun because sex really is one of the very few times as adults that we get to play, right? We get to dress up. We get to pretend, we get to be different people in different scenarios, make stupid noises, scream like as humans, as adults, we don't get that chance outside of childhood. This is our chance and I encourage people to take advantage of it. Now I'm done. I just wanna say, I am so glad that I let you continue on because that was so concise and so well done, was not belabored and was utterly brilliant. Thank you, Doc. Truthfully, I'm not even, I'm, and again, we're starting off on a new, you know, starting off on, a, on the right foot this year, you know, turning over a new leaf. And I want to be very honest with you and say that I am humble enough to understand that maybe I should have <laughs> definitely let you finish saying that. So thank you because it was so good. And I think all of our listeners just got a lot out of that. You're welcome. <laughs> Why, thank you, Jeremiah. It's very weird to respond to. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you could all see Greg right now. Greg is like putting his forehead or his hand to his forehead and just shaking it. <laughs> just being real. Just being an emoji real. For that, right? What? <laughs> what was I that? I believe there's an emoji for that, right? Of course there there's is. An it's the hand yeah. slap to the head emoji. Don't worry, Greg. Right? I'll show you it when we come back. <laughs> We're going to do a new segment that I have not been privy to that has been kept from me, that the doc will have to be fancy and introduce herself and what this is. So I'm a little bit in the dark here, folks. So when we come back, a new segment directly from the doc 
We'll be right back. And we are back, folks, here at the University of Pleasure. Very, very excited about this new unknown topic that the doc is about to throw at me. Um, And with a little help from our correspondent, Greg, for the season premiere of season two of the University of Pleasure. That's why it's a bit of an extended episode. We hope you're all having fun. I know I am, and it feels good to be back. How you guys feeling over there, huh? Everybody feeling good? Good. Good. Excellent. So, Doc, I'm going to let you take it away because I have no idea what the hell is about to happen. So, rock on. Yeah. I mean, I feel a little bit bad because you just said some really nice things to me, but (laughs) this is a new segment, and I thought it would be really appropriate because it's season two, right? So, I thought it would be appropriate to do like a tiny bit of review of season one and doing that. With a new segment called Was Jeremiah Listening? Where I quiz you. <laughs> Shit. Where I quiz you on some things that I maybe talked about in some episodes of season one. Because learning is cumulative. We forget things. We got to recycle it every once in a while, right? Where, you know, I'm going to quiz you on some things and we're going to see if you were paying attention because any of you, maybe you're joining us just here in season two. But if any of you missed something in season one, sometimes there may have been episodes in which I would be going on and then I would look up at Jeremiah and then I'd say, Jeremiah, have you been listening? <laughs> and sometimes it was clear that he had been. And other times it was very clear he had not. So this is some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, look, I made some of these some real softballs, and some of them, not so much. So, <laughs> Christ. Okay. I'm gonna, uh, let's start with just a softball, okay? So, true or false, Jeremiah? Yes. States, states of sexual arousal can impact our decision-making. 100% true, because I learned that at the University of Pleasure. can make right. you do crazy it things. True. It can make Why you it- change your thought process. And why is that important? It's important uh, because if you're, you know, uh, you get really aroused, you might make a poor decision because you're kind of like clinically loony at that point in time. And you might do something like, yeah, I know you don't have a condom. Uh, Who cares? Let's do it. And it could put you at risk. Right. Yeah. How do you think you did, Greg? Oh, my gosh. Softball out of the park. Oh, my (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the only thing that I would probably take back is the phrase clinically loony. I don't know. The, <laughs> okay, you know. all right. But but uh, so far, so good. Okay, next question. Give me some reasons why men approaching middle age may start to have some problems with condoms. We did a whole episode on it. Um, uh, because... Uh, when you get older and. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, um... <laughs> hey, Greg, you want to you want to help Jeremiah out? <laughs> uh, well, Jeremiah, just think about yourself. Why would you have problems with condoms? Because you're middle aged now. Oh, you <laughs> son of a. What? <laughs> <laughs> this game is not fun anymore. No, no, that wasn't helpful. Uh, I, 
I remember the episode, but I don't remember a specific reason as to why they get older. I mean, I know we talked a lot about uh, diet problems, which call, could have issues with <laughs> okay, erectile no, dysfunction. Just, all right. Nope. 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 Okay. I'm going to save you, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was I, diet. Yes. If we had a bigger budget, this would be where the... <laughs> the doc, by the, the way, I want to make it very clear. The doc is reveling in this right now. <laughs> because you always claim you're listening. I am listening. I <laughs> well, if just so we clarify, right, just in case people didn't listen to that episode, right, it's not uncommon for people in middle age, right, especially like people with penises as they, you know, start to approach middle age to begin having more problems with condoms, right, because maybe they're coming out of maybe a long-term relationship or a lot of times, and by the way, having probably more con- uh, struggles with condoms and probably more first time or early sexual experiences with people because as people age, erectile functioning goes down. A lot of times the first time somebody's going to be sexual with somebody new, maybe they've had a drink or two, right? It's also anxiety provoking to be sexual with somebody new. So a lot of times there can be more erectile struggles as people start to age. So I was, I was kind of right. Hang on a second then. Then I was kind of right because I was going to go into the thing about diet and like there may not be in the shape they were when they were young and then going into using a condom could be a little bit more oh. difficult because of erectile dysfunction. I was partly right. I want to say to all of our listeners out there. Correct. I was partly right. I, 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 I am. I call. I call BS on you, Jeremiah, How because diet was not going anywhere towards eating. <laughs> I, it's what I was talking. No, that is not true. You can't. You can't expand on your answer. That was a series of ums after I give you the answer, and then just repeat what I said as though it was your answer. I this have is to ridiculous. Talk on the first one was a home run. Second one yeah. was. Not so good. Okay. I was on Jeremiah, the track. I was on the right track. I want to make it clear. Let's let's throw you another softball. Okay. Okay. All right. True or false? Uh-huh. When your partner is feeling insecure in your sexual relationship, that is their problem, not yours. False. Yes. Why? Because they're your partner. You need to, you know taking into consideration where they are, you're building and communicating and all that sort of thing. So you got to make sure that, you know, you got to find a way to uh, communicate and bridge the gap. Whatever they might be insecure about, you'd be able to find a way to communicate, not in a sexual moment, I would like to add. Usually it's better to do, you know, offline. How is that? B plus. B? What the hell is this B+. rating system? B plus. A minus to B plus. A minus to B plus. Well, actually, I feel pretty good about that because I didn't get a lot of A minuses in school. So I'm going to take it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, let's do uh, true or false. Okay. Privacy and secrecy are the same thing in a relationship. 50% of the time, I get it right every time. So I'm going to (laughs) say... That, that Say that one more time. Privacy and secrecy are the same thing in a relationship. True false. or false? False. That's false. Why false? Come on. You can't just, you can't be like, <laughs> true or false, the answer, and then go, why is it false? Like, 
I am making this test. I can do whatever I want to. <laughs> <laughs> this test sucks. <laughs> True or false? I'm like, false. She says, right. I go, I'm winning. And she goes, but why are you right? No. That... <laughs> Damn it. All right. So uh, it's false because secrecy is not, you're, you're not. You know, uh, uh, repeat the question one more time. I'm, I'm going to get it right. I'm going to get all of it right. I'm going to get 100 percent. on So this. basically, you you got the answer right. It is false. What is what is the difference between privacy and secrecy in a relationship? Well, I mean, I think it's pretty self-evident. Like secrecy, you're hiding something on purpose because you don't want somebody to know about it. Like you're you're doing something that is a bit dishonest. But if you know privacy itself is like there are things that uh, you know. You guys have come to a mutual understanding that that's private for you and that you don't feel comfortable talking about that. Maybe that can change down the line, but you have to respect somebody's privacy. But secrecy is a whole different thing because you're not building trust in a relationship. You're doing a good job, but Greg has his hand up. So I'm going to call on Greg. Well, I think it goes back to not losing your own sexuality versus what is it? The duality when you join like with a partner. Right. So like you. So the privacy aspect is, hey, I still get to be me and my own self, whereas, you know, the secrecy part is like what you said, Jeremiah, like, hey, I'm just hiding stuff from my partner where you don't want to lose yourself. And so therefore, you don't have to give up all your privacy once you join with a partner. Is that right? So two of you together, combined answer A plus. A plus. All right. A plus. <laughs> but I want to know. A plus. We didn't even need visual aids. I mean, <laughs> I mean, did how much did Greg help me? That's what I want to know. I think that you were at an A minus and Greg brought you up to an A plus. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take the assist. Thank you. Yeah. I think it was a good assist. I think you were on your way there and then Greg just really brought it home. I All think you two right. both together. I was totally job. on my way <laughs> to 100%. We have time for two more. We have time for two more. And these come from a very specific episode, Jeremiah, that I hope you remember. I would hope. What is the correct word for performing oral sex on someone with a vulva or vagina? Conolingus. <laughs> did I do it right? Yes. Did I say it? That was good. You did. You did do it right. I do want to remind people that in the original episode, Jeremiah was going on and on about how he was a pro at oral, and then he said he was a doctor of oral sex, and then followed it up by saying that he was a doctor of cunt alingus. <laughs> <laughs> tomato, tomato, doc. I, I think that's how he remembers which term goes with which. And maybe, yes. See? Yes. Thank you, Greg. Did I get an A plus? Okay. What <laughs> devices kind of thing. Enough about you. Did I get an A plus? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you got an A plus. Yeah, that was that was correct. <laughs> See that? It's flex emoji. Not, yep. Conolingus, not cuntilingus, <laughs> which is a funny term, but not accurate. <laughs> Especially I mean, you are claiming to have a doctorate in the topic. <laughs> that is just absurd. <laughs> um, and then a final question, and Jeremiah, you again should remember this because it, it was from the episode that you really should remember. True or false, you should be routinely checking if someone is awake when being sexual with them. 
just that, that's just mean, Doc. True. Why are you gonna bring right, up such know, painful memories? I shared that openly of my free will, and you brought it full circle. I, Greg, can you please explain to the audience why Jeremiah would need? <laughs> I, I actually no, I cannot explain this. This one is Jeremiah. I need enlightenment on this one. <laughs> I may have been performing um, conlingus on a woman who says she had never had an orgasm in her life. But in all of my blind arrogance as a young buck, I was like, I will be the one to show you the way. And I was down on her for a very long time, to the point where the thing under my tongue was really swollen. It was very, very painful. Like, I thought my face was going to fall off. Like, I was in a lot of pain, but I was going to see it through. And then at one point, she, like, you know, moved, like, did, like, the jolt thing. And I was like, that's it. Capitalize on that. Do the same motion of the ocean with your tongue and all this other stuff. And then she didn't react, right? And then, I can't believe I'm having to tell the story again. And then... <laughs> Doc. And then uh, I was doing something completely different and she jolted again. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I don't understand what is happening up there. Right. So then I kind of like, you know, like look up and my face is like, uh, and then she was asleep. And so when she jolted, <laughs> the, you know, God. when you start dozing off and you go, Ugh. Muscles are relaxing. Yeah, she, she right. started to doze off and she was out. And then I was like, are you sleeping? Because my face all that, that was in our first episode of Could Have Been Better Sex Stories, in which we describe the importance of checking in to make sure someone is awake, that you're being sexual <laughs> with. Also, from a consent standpoint, they should be awake. Of course. Right? Hang, on, then, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'll make it very clear to our audience. She, she fell asleep away. during she had consented. I did she wasn't like asleep and then I was gonna show her the way. Like she Exactly. Was well, thank you. For, that is important. Yes. That was accurate in that circumstance. But we should also say it's important to make sure people are awake. A hundred percent. But but I also kind of feel though too, maybe your technique was like a good massage where she just <laughs> felt so relaxed that you just she was like, I can't help it. Like that's it. That's I'm not so, helpful. <laughs> I'm so comfortable right now. I could just fall asleep here and hit the big O while I'm sleeping. You yeah. Know? I think the real, if, if we remember, and then we can stop picking on Jeremiah, and he's been a wonderful sport, is that <laughs> the, one of the real also parts of that episode was talking about how maybe it's not wise to try to be the sexual savior for somebody else. Correct. Especially Lessons if they're not were asking learned. you to. Lessons were learned. I was very humbled after that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, Jeremiah, because of your success in this game, you are now the proud owner of a 1989 Ford Tempo. Oh, <laughs> my dream car. <laughs> yeah. That you, I mean, are you just trying to get rid of one, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> no. Greg knows that that was the first car I ever had was a 1989 Ford Tempo. It had no first gear in its automatic transmission. It was falling apart at the seams. And I'm so grateful for my parents for uh, uh, giving me that car. Uh, it was a hilarious car, especially when you were going to visit your girlfriend in the Hollywood Hills. It was never never good going uphill without a first gear, especially if you stop. But that's not the point of the story. I would like to thank you, Doc, for this segment, for making I sure that you. I remain grounded. 
you are a wonderful sport, Jeremiah. I appreciate, as always, you letting me rib you a little, put you on the spot. It's the bright spot of my week. I spend all week, you know, really being thoughtful, kind, conscientious. Yep. And, and then, then you, you know, you really let me cut loose a little bit, and I appreciate that about you. <laughs> well, Doc, you are so welcome, and I always enjoy seeing you, and it is so great to be back here at the University of Pleasure, seeing your face again weekly, which I absolutely love. And I want to say thank you to Greg Walzak, our field consultant, who can, of course, not be in the field. So thank you for being such a good sport and coming in for the debut episode of Season 2 of the University of Pleasure um, grateful to have you a part of the family. So that's the end of episode one of season two. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to all of our platforms. And thank you to all of the people out there that are continuing to keep us safe. I just want to say that we are so grateful to all of you out there, the frontline workers. And I know we say that often because this pandemic just keeps rolling. And we know that it's a really, really difficult time right now, but uh, there seems to be light at the end of the tunnel. Would you agree, Doc? I would. And I would say, hang in there. I know it's hard. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, when you're in a car ride and you have to pee and you know you won't find a bathroom for an hour, you can tolerate it pretty well. But once you see that exit, whew, it starts to get hard, right? It changes your experience of tolerance. And so I, I really, I can, you know, I talk with a lot of people and I know it's kind of hard to tolerate and continue to tolerate what's going on and do your best. Just Almost there. Keep on hopefully. going, everybody. So hopefully we brought you a little bit of pleasure in the difficult times and uh, just take care of yourselves and each other out there. Actually, that was kind of like a Lester Holt. Doesn't Lester Holt always say that? I really didn't mean to steal your line, Lester, but I think it works really well for this moment. Take care of yourselves and each other. Be safe. And we'll talk to you again next week for episode two of season two at the University of Pleasure. Bye, Doc. Bye, Greg. Bye. Bye. This episode of the University of Pleasure was produced, directed, and edited by me, Jeremiah James. It was written by Dr. Tara Jansen and me. Jeremiah James. The University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Feldstein. Additional multimedia support by associate producer Kyle Binkley. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure. So please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to all of our social media.